Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Twins fall to the Royals in game three of the four-game set. Tough one, three to two. A lot of opportunities left on the table today. And runners in scoring position, I heard this number right at the end of the game. 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position in the ball game today. And there was a lot of talk about, well, Alex Kirilov has been on a rehab assignment in St. Paul with the Saints, but where is he going to fit into the lineup? And I'll pause and let you... I, I think it's time to maybe get Alex Kirilov up here and plug him into the lineup. Maybe he would have been able to bring someone in from the scoring position in the ball game today. You shouldn't lose to the Royals. And it's going to happen over 162. No one in Major League history has gone 162 and out. No one's gone 140 and 22. No, there there have been some ridiculously good regular seasons in Major League history. But there, there's that old saying you're going to lose 60, you're going to win 60. It's what you do with the other 42. Or, you know, you're going to win 50, you're going to lose 50. What do you do with the other 62? I mean, whatever number you want to choose. But it, it's kind of in that range. There, there are going to be days like this. There are going to be days when the other team just comes, they have their hitting shoes on, and... They're going to blow you out. Or your starting pitcher just doesn't flat out have it that day, and the bullpen's worn out, and you're going to get shelled. That, that's part of the deal when you play 162 regular season games. But this is a game you shouldn't lose. You shouldn't lose to the Kansas City Royals in this particular situation. There, there was a number out there, and... And I, I may misquote it because, you know, in in the ball game, Corey and Danny throw a lot of numbers at you. Chris Atterbury, pregame, postgame, a lot of numbers, a lot of things to consider. But the the Royals haven't done a lot of winning when they've scored under four. They've won seven games this year in 28 starts. This is a game you can't lose. And, and they got a good pitching performance today. 
I, I felt like Bailey Ober, five and two-thirds, four hits, one run. It was earned, six strikeouts, couple of walks. Can't complain. Um, Duran back uh, from being away from the team. Not a particularly good performance. He'll take the L in the game today. But notwithstanding, he only gave up three. Three runs, six hits, no errors. That, most days, particularly against the Kansas City Royals, should be good enough to win. Twins managed two runs, ten hits, and one error. I think they can probably find room in this lineup for Alex Kirilov, is, I guess, my point. And uh, Do Young Park, who's been good enough to join us from time to time, did a story about Kirilov and said, you know, it's going to be difficult to to put him in the lineup and and see what he can do today. But when you peruse the box score from a ball game like today, I I, I think there's room in there for Alex Kirilov, considering what he was projected to be. And I know the kid's been sidelined with a ton of injuries. The, the wrist that's just bothered him over and over, and they did that surgery of last resort where they broke his wrist and shaved down a bone. We, we've all heard that story. But they, they, they've got to try and find a spot in the lineup. You know, Joey Gallo's been good, didn't do much today, played over at first base. Um, the, there's got to be a way to get a talent like Alex Kirilov into this lineup day in and day out. Um, Taylor in center field's been really good. Byron Buxton today uh, hit a home run. But uh, there are a lot of stranded runners out there. Correa, Polanco, Buxton, Larnick, Gallo. Stranded a lot of runners on the bases today. And it is, once again, April. It's it's not the end of the world. There's 16 and 12. There is a long way to go. But you remember games like this as you get later on in the season. And if the Twins want to remain, and it looks like they will contend in this division, the White Sox are terrible out of the gate this year. Uh, Kansas City, uh, in in spite of the win today, they're not going to contend. So at the moment here at the end of April, it, it appears it's the Twins and the Guardians for the moment in this division. And these are the kind of games that you think about later in the year. If you're a game back or you game up, boy, it would have been nice to have that one on April 29th against the Kansas City Royals. So you turn the page and you think about the series finale. But uh, pretty good from Ober today. But but I think you've got to try and find a way to shoehorn Alex Kirilov into this lineup and get him some at-bats in the major leagues and see what he can do. Because, once again, here's a guy we've been hearing about for a long time. He's been fighting injuries. He appears to be right. you got to get that bat in the lineup. Um, they have been scoring runs. They, they, they've been putting up runs. But uh, today is an example. Sure would be nice to have that bat on the bench somewhere, even if he doesn't start. You know, th- this appears to be... Um, uh, a guy who could be a difference maker. And I, and I think ultimately if the Twins are going to have the season, Kirilov's going to be one of those guys that that is a part of 
of this club winning a division and getting to the postseason. I'm not sure the Central Division is going to generate multiple postseason teams. We'll see. But uh, the safest route is is certainly through winning the division. All right, we got to run. We have all the news. We have all the weather at 5 o'clock. When we come back, big story locally, the Wild are done. Disappointing week. Timberwolves booted from the playoffs by the Denver Nuggets in 5. And the Wild booted from the playoffs last night in St. Paul in six games by the Dallas Stars. Jess Myers will join us from the rink live. A little bit later, Andy Greeter from the Pioneer Press. Uh, some Golden Gopher football players were selected in the NFL draft. The Loons play one at home Sunday night at 8 o'clock. We'll get into all of that following the Bailey Oberher did a good job in the start today. Twins fall to the Royals anyway, 3-2. to two. They just couldn't get a big hit. When they needed it, once again, Royals over the Twins, 3-2, to two, final game of the series tomorrow. Our coverage begins at 10 a.m. with the huddle, Dave Schwartz, Pete Najarian at noon inside Twins. Uh, Thad Levine will be the guest on inside Twins. Lineup card at 12.30, first pitch at 1.10. Sonny Gray on the hill as the Twins close out this long homestand and hopefully get a W against the Royals. Uh, the wild season came to an end last night in St. Paul, and they, they went out with a whimper. And they went up two games to one in this series, and then the roof caved in. They end up getting beat four games to two by the Dallas Stars, and uh, the Wild, no matter what, just can't get out of the first round. Of course, the Timberwolves went out in the first round uh, earlier in the week when they got beat by the number one seed Denver Nuggets in the Mile High City. So a tough week uh, for Minnesota teams in the playoffs. And joining us to talk about the Wild, Jess Myers from the Rink Live. Jess, been good enough to join us, talk college hockey, and now NHL. Uh, Jess, yeah, it, after they went up 2-1, they fell apart. <laughs> what was interesting... Uh, last night, hearing from Dean Evison when it was all over, is, you know, they, they went up 2-1 to one on the strength of their offense. They scored three goals in the first game. They scored three goals in the second game, even though they lost it. They scored five goals in the third game. That was more than they had been scoring in the regular season. So the message at that time after three games from Dean Evison was, we've got enough offense, we need to tighten up the defense. Well, the defense was pretty good in the last three games, but the offense went away. Um, you look at the numbers from this series. Kirill Kaprizov got one goal, and it was on a power play. Uh, Boldy got nothing. He got no goals. Um, Zuccarello got a couple goals in game three, but, but just not enough. So you need your scorers to score goals in the playoffs, and that was just uh, the story of this series, uh, especially those last three games, is that the offense just, just disappeared. Yeah, one of the things you could point to is, well, they didn't get great goaltending, but you could argue they stole game one in Dallas on the strength of the goaltending of Philip Gustafson, who was a great story all season. Um, it it wasn't that great, and their counterpart for the Dallas Stars, by the way, a Minnesota kid, was pretty darn good. <laughs> and, and, and that seems unfair, doesn't it? You know, if we're going to bow yeah. out of the playoffs, does it have to be – on the strength of good goaltending from a, from a kid from Lakeville North that we watched in the state tournament. I mean, that, that doesn't seem right. Now, credit to Jake Ottinger. He was able to put the distractions aside. You know, he joked with me last night that he had to buy about maybe 15 tickets for the last game. But he did say, 
you know, and, and credit to him as a, as a Minnesota kid that we should all be proud of on some level. He said that's absolutely a career highlight for him to, to win a playoff series in his home state with family looking on. So, so, so good for him, you know, good, good, good performance by him. Uh, the wild goaltending, I think, frankly, was good enough. Um, you know, even in the, in the 7-3 loss in game two when Marc-Andre Fleury got the start, that was the message from Dean Evison was, hey, look at the goals he gave up and tell me which one he should have stopped. You know, it was breakaways and it was two-on-ones and odd man rushes and stuff like that. So I really don't think you can hang this on goaltending. I do tip my cap to Dallas because they are a fantastic defensive team. And there just was not a lot of open ice for the Wild uh, to make plays for those playmakers to, to get stuff going. And then, you know, last night you talk about being snake bit, but, you know, Kaprizov has a, has a shot at an empty net and misses it. And Hartman has a, the puck behind the goalie and it hops his stick. And just, you know, it seemed like all manner of bad luck. But, you know, I, I get the, the vibe from people that this is just where we are now with Minnesota sports. You kind of expect that it's going to end badly somehow sooner rather than later. I want to reject that. You know, I want to say, hey, we, we demand better than that. But, but man, it just does, does kind of seem like that's, uh, that's where we are right now, which is unfortunate. Yeah, in, it, it is one of those that, that really stings because, well, the history, I know it's been a long time since the North Stars moved to Dallas, that, but it, it, it still stings that there were expectations that this is a year, and, and based on the season we saw and the fact that they had tightened it up defensively, and they had pretty good goaltending going into this, that if they were going to get out of the first round and maybe get on a run, this would be the year, and it ended the way other runs have. I mean, it, it, it's been a long time, and they, they've made you know one trip to the conference finals in, in franchise history. The Timberwolves, same thing. But, but for the Wild, this, this one really stings, even more than the Timberwolves' playoff exit. And now you look forward, and the question becomes, you know, when, when, we, when we next see these guys on the ice for a real game, which will be in October, uh, what does this team look like? You know, uh, questions right. abound about whether Matt Dumba comes back, whether they can afford to, to find a contract for him somehow. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, I would probably guess the third period last night was the last game he's played in a wild uniform, especially with Jesper Walstead, the good young goalie they've got in Iowa that, that I think is probably getting close to ready to take the next step to this level. So, you know, this, this will be a different-looking team. They, they did mix some young guys in this, this year. Uh, you know, I saw Sammy Walker in the press box last night, a guy who's got some upside. And, Steve, I'll, I'll say this. If you want to talk good news, uh, the, the things we learned over the last six games that uh, I think have got to have Wild fans pretty excited – uh, I, I said this on Twitter last night. Brock Faber, who we've known for the last three years as a gopher, yep. looks like a guy who's going to play 20 years in the NHL. Looks absolutely comfortable on the defensive side of things. Is starting to make some contributions offensively, playmaking and all of that. I really, really think there's a, if you want the good news, if you want some excitement to look forward to, check out number seven playing for the Wild because I think he's got just a huge future on the blue line for this club. Jez Myers joins us from the rink live and on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. Wild done in six games at the hands of the Dallas Stars. On to the offseason, you talked about changes. One thing we know about general manager Bill Guerin, he is not afraid to make changes and make moves. Uh, we know what his goal is, and we've known for a long time that you know owner Craig Leopold desperately wants 
a, a Stanley Cup and has certainly been very committed and willing to, to spend the money and do whatever it takes. But the reality is it's a hard cap league and there are still challenges. And this team was under the salary cap. Keep that in mind. So there is some wiggle room there. Um, it, it seems like uh, the Wild never do enough in free agency to please a certain you know, a segment of the fan base. But there is some money there to, to do some things in free agency. You know, I don't think we will ever see a splash like uh, 2012 where you went out and got Zach Parisi and got Ryan right. Suter and, and, and signed both of them to huge contracts. It's just the, the economics of this league are so different now that I don't know that you'll see that again. But I do think that there's some opportunity there to do some things in free agency. You know, I joked last night after Dallas went up 3 nothing that you should call their arena the XL Center because the energy was gone from the building after that point. You know, all of that excitement from the fans of, of you know, forcing a Game 7 and all that uh, reality set in, and it got, it got pretty quiet there in the third period. I had another friend uh, joke on Twitter that, uh, you know, don't, just call it XL Energy because the Wilds still need a center. We, we've been talking wow. about that seemingly forever, uh, that, that center is kind of the weakness on this, on this team at forward. Now, centers are expensive, and there aren't a lot of great ones out there, but I do think that the Wild will be in the market, you know, maybe in the draft and, and maybe in free agency to go add some, uh, some scoring touch up the middle. Um, what the, the superstar Kirill Kaprizov, uh, still a young kid and still a tremendous amount of upside. Uh, hard to believe that you can say upside with a guy who's put up those kind of numbers, but in this playoff series, one goal. That's it. Yeah. And it is, and, and is that as much the way that, that is, is that as much uh, credit to the Stars and what they did to neutralize him? I think so. Because, you know, if you watch his shifts, he was everywhere on the ice. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like he was out there coasting. And in fairness to Matt Boldy, same thing. You know, he, he worked his butt off. But uh, Dallas, Pete DeBoer, you know, we saw it a couple years ago. Pete DeBoer was the coach in Vegas when they had that great seven-game playoff series with the Wild. So we've seen this before, this kind of suffocating, tight, tight-checking defensive style. I was really impressed by Dallas's penalty kill. For everybody grousing that the Wild, uh, the, the power play didn't do as much, Dallas had one of the more aggressive penalty kills I'd seen. And, you know, that, that's maybe one of the reasons that they're uh, sitting home now playing some golf, waiting to see who they'll play in the second round. So some, some tactical stuff there kind of went Dallas's way. Um, a lot of talk about the officiating and, you know, Marcus Foligno, got called for a couple penalties that, let's face it, they weren't penalties. Uh, their coach said as much. But you can only hang so much on uh, a bad call here and there. Uh, at yeah. some point, you've got to overcome that and, and find a way, and that's what good teams do. All right, what about Dean Evison? There's been a lot of speculation among fans and a lot floating around on social media that he might be on the hot seat after all of this. Do you buy that theory? I don't. I, I think uh, they found their coach for, for at least for now. You know, I think uh, they like the, the attitude that Dean Evason brings, you know, that, that grit first, that kind of Manitoba style. I wrote about it for the Rink Live that, you know, that, that gritty, hard-nosed hockey that you see in Western Canada. I think they like playing that, although credit our, our friend Blaise Olson, you know, who does the, the morning take there uh, oh, sure. with Vanita Sakar. He had a great tweet today. He said, you know, grit first was a nice slogan. Next year it should be goals first. Uh, you know, that's, that's probably what you need <laughs> more than grit. You need, you, you need to put the puck in that a few times. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw that. So uh, the work begins on the off season. Certainly a disappointing run. Now, with the wild done, Jess, 
I mean, are you ready to get out on the boat, take a breather? What's, what's your plan? <laughs> I wrote about that in my column last night. I said, uh, you know, the garden centers will all be busy uh, on Saturday. And yeah. In fact, I went to Girton's today. It was packed there. Uh, I said, you know, it's time to open up the cabin and see what kind of kind of damage was left by the snow. It's time to maybe think about getting your fishing license. You know, we got the, the fishing opener just a couple weeks away. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, that, that's the one consolation prize. You know, when the Vikings season ends, inevitably it's about 20 below the next day, and it's just depressing and sad. At least when the wild season ends, you've got some good weather and some fun stuff to look forward to now now i used to put in my own dock um and and i i tell the story i used to i i but now in my old age and now that my neighbors have gotten old we we live along the river uh you yep. now as a group hire uh younger people to come in and put in our docks and it sounds like uh the week of may 8th the docks go in so so things are looking up so i used to put in my own dock as well steve but then my wife got me this unbelievable tool uh to to put docks in and take them out uh she gave me two sons so uh nice I, yeah I pass, I pass most of that off to them now yeah it, it, it's like one of my my uh dad would say when when my brothers and i were young it's like dad when are we going to get a snow thrower i said i got three of them so. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Division of labor. It's a good thing. That that's exactly right. I'm feeding three of them. I think is the exact line. Jess, <laughs> always great. Uh, happy boating season. We'll we'll do it again soon. Call me to talk hockey anytime, Steve. All right, there he is, Jess Myers from the rink live. The Wild are done in six, and I would argue, and we're going to talk more about this in a moment. We'll we'll have a rundown of the scores, etc. But I'm going to get our producer Josh Wheeler's thoughts and I'd love to get your thoughts on it as well on the city's one plumbing and heating talk and text line here's my point and you can agree or disagree certainly up to you but I would say the wild early playoff exit far more disappointing than the Timberwolves bummed about the Timberwolves getting beat in five but let's face it they went in as the number eight they had the Towns injury all year, a couple of key injuries, Nas Reed, uh, Jaden McDaniels going into the playoffs. It, it was an uphill climb against the Denver Nuggets, the number one seed in the West. They got beaten five. The Wild, though, I, I, I felt like they had a good chance to get out of round number one. Not, not that they were going to win it in four or in five, that it would be a long series, but it would go to a game, game six, game seven scenario where the Wild had a chance to advance. Instead, they're done in six. I, I, I put it way ahead of the Timberwolves' disappointment. doesn't have anything to do with the Timberwolves' dysfunction. It's just in this playoff, the Wild early exit is far more disappointing than the Timberwolves. And, by the way, you can talk. Or text 651-461-9226. Call or text 651-461-9226. Quick break. We'll come back with more here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Royals beat the Twins 3-2. One that got away. Twins, way too many missed opportunities. Bailey Ober, pretty good. Duran, not so good late. Royals beat the Twins 3-2. Twins, 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position today. That's not good. 
Shouldn't lose a game like this to the Kansas City Royals. They win their seventh of the year. Twins turn the page. Good news tomorrow. Sonny Gray on the hill. Our coverage at noon. Inside Twins. Thad Levine there. 12.30, the lineup card with Chris, Corey, and Danny. The play-by-play at 110. Once again, Sonny Gray on the mound. He has been lights out this year. So it should be a fun Sunday to close out uh, the homestand at Target Field. Back to the Wild and Timberwolves. In my mind, no comparison. And I'm not apologizing for the Timberwolves. Uh, it didn't go well early in the year. Cat missed 50-plus games. They come back. You had uh, the, the ridiculous Jaden McDaniels injury. You had the bad, bad uh, luck deal on Nas Reed. You go into the playoffs, and they were overmatched. They got beaten five by the Denver Nuggets. Bummer. But not surprising. I mean, in in reality, if you're going to be truly honest, did the Timberwolves, you know, barring what Anthony Edwards thought, you know, and I I give the kid credit, you know, after they got down three games to none, they they ultimately made it 3-1 and then got beat in game five. Okay, about what I expected in, in that particular series, considering what had transpired up to that point. Rudy Gobert maybe not living up to expectations. But for the Wild, losing in six and the way they went out, up two games to one, dropped the final three, and were really dominated by the Dallas Stars. Josh Wheeler is our producer, and Josh, I know you've got strong feelings about it. I don't think there's any comparison. Much more disappointed than the Wild exit than the Timberwolves. Yeah, the one big difference that points out to me with the Timberwolves compared to the Wild is there's a lot of dysfunction, and there was just a, a a large wall in front of the Wolves heading into the series before it even started, where you have the Wild, on the other hand, who had pretty much everything clicking just fine. Yeah, the defense was uh, so-so, but you still, I still felt like there was a fighter's chance that we were going to take it or somebody was going to take it in seven. Didn't think yep. it would go five, didn't think it would go four. A lot of people were... You know, making strong predictions that all oh, the Wilds will get swept or it'll be in five. No, these two teams were destined to go six or seven. I I knew it wasn't going to be an easy out for either team. Oh, for sure. But you want to talk about dysfunction and the finest form? Look at the Timberwolves and all the adversity they were already had faced uh, had um, looking at going into that series with the injuries, with just still that awkward, I guess, lack of chemistry with Rudy Gobert and the rest of the team. It just it was one of those things that just does, didn't mix well in the beginning, and you kind of saw the repercussions of that throughout this series. It just felt like there was just so much going on at one time, and ultimately it didn't work out for the Wolves. So I, I agree. I think the, the the Wolves thing does not surprise me as much as uh, the Wild because, you know, it's <laughs> I expected this to at least be a pretty winnable series for the Wild, especially – you only really had the Erickson X storyline going into this series. That was pretty yeah. much the only the down part of uh, the Wilds game. Outside of that, it was a crisp, clean team, and it uh, looked good on, on their end and just didn't end up being that way. Yeah, I mean, up 2-1 to one and then fall apart. Yeah. And what I think is really disappointing is, you know, the the way they came out in and, and what transpired – in game four, where Dallas even the series, then then they go back to Big D. They get game five, but you know, in a game six, the the way, especially that goal that made it three zero right at the very end 
of the second period is yeah. like, yeah, game, set, match. Yep. Uh, Good night, Irene, whatever you want to say. I mean, it, it was over. So extremely disappointing end. And now, you know, Bill Guerin, Craig Leopold, uh, some decisions to make. What will this club look like next fall? Uh, we'll, we'll find out in uh, the coming days. Hey, want to get into a couple of things. Uh, first of all, uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, Maple Leafs Lightning uh, tonight uh, leaves up three games to two. Meanwhile, Devils Rangers, Devils up three games to two. Brutal road trips in that series. You, you've got Madison Square Garden over to Newark. I mean, I don't know how these teams do it. Uh, there should be extra days of rest in that one. And then you got Oilers-Kings tonight uh, with, with the oil up three games to two in that one. There is NBA action tonight. Game one, Suns-Nuggets from Denver. Uh, that is at 7.30 tonight. So uh, game one in the semifinals, once again, the Suns and uh, the Nuggets. And then... Uh, Coming up on Sunday, Heat-Knicks, game one there in that series. And then a game seven, first round, Golden State and Sacramento. And and one tidbit on that, uh, who, who do you think the powers that be in television want to win that series? The Kings or the Warriors? I, I, that's a good I question. You know the, yeah, I think you know I think answer. that's exciting. I like, I like the Kings storyline with this because yeah. it's about time we have – just somebody in the mix that's different than everybody else. But and I kind of like you the know Kings. they want oh. staff. They they yeah. want they want that 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 Bay Area market. All due respect to Sacramento, you know the powers that be at television are like, come on, Warriors. I mean, did you uh, not hear that large sigh in the atmosphere yesterday when the Lakers finally took down Memphis? Like yeah. that was the sports media world just gasping for air that they could finally breathe. That they're their, their oh. love child, the L.A. Lakers, are moving on. And, and honestly, Memphis got way ahead of themselves and thought that this was going to be a pretty easy series. And I I couldn't have uh, laughed harder at the fact that L.A. pretty much just waltzed in there and took them out. Well, here, here's what's great about it. Denver, the number one seed in the West. You got the Phoenix Suns. You got the L.A. Lakers. Uh, you got an even chance the Warriors advance. Over in the East, you got Miami, New York, Philly, and Boston. I mean, that's pretty good, um, yeah. you know, from a television standpoint um, and, and big markets. So things coming up roses uh, for the NBA. So what, you're, so what you're saying is the Kings are probably the fly in the ointment if they do end up. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Steph Curry and the Warriors over the Kings, which, by the way, is a nice story. They, they've had a really good year. Yeah. They, they've got great fans. But come on. Television. Yeah. They, they want Steph and the Golden State Warriors, for sure. Uh, 5.33, quick break. We'll come back. We'll we'll have some weather. Andy Greeter, uh, the Loons go tomorrow night at home, Sunday night, 8 o'clock. Late start on a school night. Uh, there's been a lot of that as of late in these parts. And uh, some Golden Gophers selected in the NFL draft. Andy Greeter, and then we'll go outdoors. Steve Carney will join us here on News Talk. E3OW. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. CCO. Twins fall to the Royals, 3-2. to two. Sunny Gray on the hill tomorrow. Our sports coverage begins at 10. The huddle, Pete Najarian, Dave Schwartz at noon inside Twins. Uh, General Manager Thad Levine at 12.30. The lineup card, Chris Atterbury, Corey Provost, Dan Gladden with all the play-by-play at 1.10. Series finale with the Royals and homestand finale with the Royals. Once again, Sonny Gray on the bump tomorrow. He has been lights out this year. Right now, we'll talk loons. We'll talk Golden Gopher football. Andy Greeter of the Pioneer Press joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Andy, always good to visit with you. Yeah, how you doing, Steve? Yeah, good. Uh, let's start. NFL draft winding down. I, I ran through the Vikings picks. Uh, the Golden Gophers uh, had some guys picked, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll earn jobs in the NFL at training camp this summer. Yeah, the, the headliner is, is center John Michael Schmidt, who is a, an All-American, a, a finalist for the Remington Trophy, which goes to the best center in the nation. Uh, he went last night in the second round of the New York Giants. The Giants were often linked to him. They set their uh, offensive line coach, the Gophers Pro Day in March, and they've got a need at that position. And he was often seen in mock drafts going to the G-men, and that's how it ended up playing out last night. And that was kind of a historic pick for the Gophers. That was the first time that they've had a, an offensive lineman drafted that high since 1989 um, when they had a first-round draft pick in center Brian Williams, who also went to the Giants. So it was a, kind of a historic night for the Gophers. Uh, to have a center drafted in the second round. Uh, that's the first time they've had a first or second round pick in four consecutive drafts since World War II. Wow. So another history for the Gophers there. And there were two defensive backs that were taken uh, in the fifth round today. Uh, Terrell Smith is staying in the NFC North. He's going to the Bears. He's a cornerback. And then Jordan Howden, uh, a safety who's going to the New Orleans Saints. And there's a couple other guys that are hoping and praying that their names are called here at the end of the seventh round. Uh, guys like Muhammad Ibrahim and Thomas Rush and Mariano Sori Marin. Um, if not, then they'll probably get opportunities to, to come in to uh, be an undrafted free agent or get some mini camp invites. So it's not all over for, for Gophers yet in this draft, but uh, it's winding down. Yeah. And, you know, big opportunity. And and you brought up Schmitz and his opportunity with the Giants. It, you know, when they take linemen in that f- first three rounds, I mean, typically they're guys that, number one, are going to step in and make an impact pretty quickly. And typically, if you're taken in the first or second round, the expectation is, is that you're going to hold down a spot for years. So he, he has an opportunity to be a fixture uh, for the G-men for a long time. Yeah, no doubt. I think that's what, you know, was kind of looked at with John Michael for, you know, a while now. You know, he, like I said, he was yeah. the 
the runner-up for the Remington, which goes to the nation's best center. Some people within the Gophers felt like he was snubbed. The guy that won it, I think, went 154th uh, to – I don't forget who it was, but more than 100 picks later, the guy that won the trophy that the Gophers fell, John Michael, was snubbed for, uh, went in the draft. He's an All-American. He went to the Senior Bowl. Um, he went to the NFL Combine. Uh, he's been kind of groomed and been in this spot for a while now. He's been – I think he's got 35 starts. He's played over 50 games in the Big Ten. Uh, really did a great job at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, which is kind of the best showcase out there for guys. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, he's looking forward to having a long career, and, and I think that's, that's always kind of the expectation, like you said, when you go that high. Yeah, there there's certain positions that get paid – but elite offensive linemen can have great careers and make a whole lot of money in relative anonymity. Uh, not like quarterbacks or wideouts or running backs or defensive stars. You know, he can settle into that gig and, and do pretty well for himself. So congratulations there. By the way, Loon's back at it. They're kind of in the middle of the pack in Major League Soccer in the Western Conference right now. And uh, they get a home match at Allianz Field on a Sunday night at 8 o'clock. Yeah, so it's a nationally televised game, so that's why they're playing on Sunday night instead of their regular Saturday night with the new season pass on, on Apple TV. Yeah, they, uh, they've they been struggling. You know, they've lost three games in a row. Uh, they've yet to win in St. Paul. Uh, they've uh, dropped points from winning positions in all of their home games so far this year, and that's why, like you said, they're sitting seventh out of 14 teams in the Western Conference. You know, I did a story – here today looking at the kind of the big picture of where this club is at and given the fact that they're like other Minnesota pro sports or kind of a, a middle market, maybe even small market type of operation, you need to find wins in certain categories to be successful. And in major league soccer, that's having uh, Academy players that, that come up through the ranks, either Minnesotans or guys that you bring in uh, from elsewhere and, and kind of get them uh, to contribute to the first team and push the level and do it, relatively cheaply and and then you uh, take players like that or or other players on the roster and sell them on to other clubs around the world given the fact that this isn't the NFL and there are other leagues elsewhere that are willing to pay players that have value and Minnesota United has not had contributions in either of those categories they haven't been able to bring in young players and push the level of the first team and they haven't been able to sell on players to then fund future development uh, of the roster going forward. And when you don't have those kinds of things, then you're, they're more likely to be in a spot uh, where you're an average team. And, and that's where Minnesota United is right now. And you look at the numbers in the standings, middle of the pack, you know, the goals for goals against tell a lot of story. The goals against at eight isn't bad, but the goals for at eight, clearly isn't getting the job done. You know, the, only, only the bottom feeders, Austin, Colorado, uh, the L.A. Galaxy, and Sporting KC right now at the moment have scored fewer goals. And you look at some of the uh, top clubs, I mean, they're they're lagging behind. They, they just don't have the scoring punch to boil it down. Yeah, and they haven't had the contributions from their designated players, which are three players that don't count against the salary cap. Obviously, we've talked ad nauseum about Reynoso, who's still not here. Yep. So they've got no contribution from him. Uh, they've gotten very little from Luis Amaria. He hasn't scored an open play in MLS in, I think, 350 or so minutes. Uh, he's got a couple of PKs, um, but he has been struggling. And uh, Mender Garcia, their other designated player, he hasn't scored in about 200 minutes. So the goals have, dri- have dried up recently. 
They've been able to get by with, you know, one or two uh, in a few games, but now they're, you know, they're scoring even less frequently. And when you don't have your, like, like we talked about earlier with some of those other categories, if you don't have your, your best players, your highest paid players, like the wild saw without Kirill Kaprizov playing well in the playoffs, uh, you find yourself in a rut pretty quickly. And that's where the loons are currently. All right. Tomorrow night, eight o'clock, Allianz looks like it could be another tough weather night too. Um, they, they can't catch a break there. I know uh, the the supporters have been very loyal, but uh, weather has not been great uh, for for these home matches either, Andy. Uh, no, it hasn't. You know, and that's why you you want to try to see more afternoon type games. I think yeah. playing at night in the spring, then you're going to get colder weather, and and yeah. obviously. You know, can can snow or rain, whenever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this team just needs to play better at home. There's just no other way about it. You know, in this league, uh, given the disparity in road form versus away form, if you if you don't win at home games, you're not going to be a, a quality team. And FC Dallas is is a is a quality team that Minnesota's looking up at the standings. Uh, they've got some talented players. Jesus Ferreira, who plays for the U.S. Men's National Team, uh, he leads their team with five goals. He's a dangerous threat. You know, they Dallas knocked out Minnesota in the playoffs last year, and Minnesota won the the home or the season opener at Dallas way back in February. Now, um, so it's kind of been it's been close matches, but yeah, like I said, you have to take care of business uh, at home if you want to be considered even a above average team in this league. Well, Andy, always good to visit with you. Thanks so much for the time and take care. Yep, appreciate it. See you, Steve. There he is, Andy Greeter, Pioneer Press, online, TwinCities.com. And he joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. When we come back, we'll go outdoors. Steve Carney will join us. We're all chomping at the bit to get out on the open water. Uh, the, the weather will turn. We saw the forecast later in the week as we get into May. Uh, we're, we're closing in on the opener. Uh, Steve Carney in moments here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Twins lose to the Royals 3-2 to today. It's one that got away. Probably should have won the ball game, but didn't. Bailey Ober pitched pretty well. Johan Duran got touched up late in the game. They left a lot of runners in scoring position. 0-11 for 11 with runners in scoring position was the number I saw. Uh, Sonny Gray on the mound in the series finale, homestand finale tomorrow. The huddle, Pete Najeri and Dave Schwartz 10-0. At noon, Inside Twins featuring general manager Thad Levine at 12.30. Chris Atterbury in the lineup card. And then Corey Provost, Stan Gladden with all the play-by-play. Once again, Sonny Gray on the mound. He has been lights out this year. So I like the Twins' chances in that series finale tomorrow here on News Talk E3OWCCO. Uh, we're, we're still fighting the weather. Steve Carney joins us, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. Steve, it's going to turn. I know it's going to get better. Uh, the opener is coming up quick. You got it, Steve. Good afternoon. Yes, I'm finally seeing some ice going away, Steve. Finally. Nice. It's uh last couple of days I've seen a lot of progress with the wind and the rain and I don't think we're going to have complete ice out by the 13th. I think it's going to be really close. I'm thinking maybe a couple of days before up in North Country, but, you know, we'll have to see. But we have made some really good progress. And for those out there that like to fish the Boundary Waters, Big Stone and Traverse, that ice went out officially today. So it's all upward from here, man. Always upward. 
looks 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 a little warmer later in the week. That should help matters a little bit. Before we run out of time here, and we have to get to the news at six, uh, there's been a lot of talk about the minimum shortage. Uh, you, you might need to go it alone. I, I I know once summer sets in and the current goes down. I've got minnows right along the shore here on the Mississippi River, up in the northern suburbs of the cities. So, so people might need to find their own minnows this year. Yeah, Steve, I've been out the last couple of days trying to trap minnows, and I, I've really had a kind of a difficult time. The current is running so fast yeah. and so high that I drop my traps in there, and you really have to get kind of out of the current, get into the eddies and into the calmer areas, and there just isn't any. So. It's pretty difficult right now, but I really suggest people get out there and, and try to get their own minnows. I've really uh, checked around with my network throughout the state, and it's going to be tough. It's like one out of four dealers have minnows at all, so oh. there's no doubt there's going to be a, a, a shortage. So for those that want to get out there and you know be adventurous, try to get some traps out. Um, dry dog food has been working well. Um, even hot dogs, if you can believe that, put that inside your cage trap and you can get some minnows. So I'm going to still, you know, stay at it hard and hopefully I can put a little collection together before the opener in two weeks. All right. So what, what, what's your plan? Are are you going to sneak out to South Dakota one more time? You know, Steve, I just found out the lake that I was thinking of fishing down by Ortonville, uh, a lake that I learned to fish on in the seventies and eighties had a total fish kill I oh, found wow. out about three, four days ago, and I'm just heartbroken. And that was kind of going to be my destination. But now I guess I'm going to change, and I'm going to be on Lake Traverse and Big Stone this okay. week. A um, little bit early, but I'm going anyway. And I, I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, okay. there's a lot of stuff coming in right now with lakes in southern Minnesota, southwestern Minnesota that have had fish kills. You might want to check ahead you know, with your DNR fisheries and make sure the lake you're going to is still viable. All right. Well, Steve, always good to visit with you. We'll do it again next week. Sounds great, Steve. Take care. There he is, Steve Carney, Steve Carney Outdoors. By the way, our outdoors coverage continues tomorrow afternoon. Rob Driesline from Outdoor News and his outdoors show between 5 and 6. We got to run all the news at 6. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, twins. Try and close out the homestand with wind. Sunny Gray on the mound tomorrow. Look forward to that. 53 and breezy now. Have a good evening. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.